When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome in to the Mark Farley and Friends You and I Panther Football Show. I'm J.W. Cox. Each week, we'll talk to the head coach about the latest in Panther football for the 2022 season. We'll also be joined throughout the year by select special guests each week, including players, coaches, and alumni of the Panther program. This week, an abbreviated episode where we talk with Coach Fawning about the Jackrabbits. Big game, how it went, what it means moving forward. All of that coming your way. But first, let's listen back to the Week 10 Panther Claw Calls of the Week, part of a 31-28 heartbreaking loss in an instant classic, number one, South Dakota State. Vance McShane stays in the backfield, chops his feet, bounces to the right, Vance is gone to the end zone, touchdown, Panthers with a lead in the second quarter, 34 yards for Vance McShane. Quick as a wing. McShane to tailback. They'll run it right side. No, they play fake. Throw to the end zone. Touchdown, Desmond Hudson. What a play. And the Panthers back on the board. Play fake. Theo stays in. Throws it deep again. Morrissey in the middle of the field. This time he's got it. Sergio inside the 25-yard line. First and 10. Panthers. Why not? Hit it again. And he got it on chance number two. Day drops back. He's got a clean pocket to the end zone. Logan Wolf, touchdown, Panthers. There's an answer, and they're back within a score. Kraft has it short, and immediately Bryce Flater brings him down. No gain. Fourth down. What a play by Flater. Gronowski starts to escape. He's chipped up. Take it down. Panthers stop him and bring up a fourth down. Carter Hewitt, the redshirt freshman from South Hamilton High School in Jewel, Iowa, making his first big play for the Panthers. Gronowski surveys, throws, and it's intercepted. Intercepted by the Panthers, and Benny Sapp the third has it in midfield. Big time, Benny. 
down at six. Need to get inside the 19. Theo, the man coming in motion, Hudson. Day takes the snap, drops back, throws it left side. Dion's wide open at the 10. First down, Panthers. Big grab, first and goal. Panthers cooking here in the fourth. Tight ends either side. Run it with Theo, the keeper, and he walks in. Touchdown, Panthers. An extra point away from tying this one up against number one with four. Touchdown. Panthers take the bye this week, and there will be an action in two Saturdays against South Dakota to wrap up the regular season. What lies beyond that? Anybody's guess. Panthers one more chance to go out and get a victory this season, sitting at 5-5 five and five currently. It's the Mark Farley and Friends UNI Panther Football Show every week, part of the Panther Point of View Podcast Network. You can find it wherever you get your favorite podcast. Click and subscribe. Never miss an episode. Never miss any of the content that we bring you on the Panther Point of View. You can hear every Panther football game on the Panther Sports Network. Check panthersports.com for your local station. To hear the Panthers anywhere, download the Varsity Network app. Simply go to the Apple App Store, Google Play, or go online. Search for the Varsity Network and the Varsity Network app, and you can take the Panthers and our Panther broadcasts anywhere you go. And that's just another spot to find all the Panther point of view content, including this, the Mark Farley and Friends, you and I Panther football show each week. Began my conversation with Coach Farley about the pride that he took in his team's fight. Down 14 in the second half to the number one team in the country, Battled all the way back to tie the game and had the ball with less than two minutes with a chance to go down and win it. Oh, I'm, I'm very proud of our football team with how we played. I'm, I'm not. It's not that I was going to say that you want to win. It's not that you want to win. You are there to win. Yeah. And and uh, and that's why the the loss is hard. But at the same time, you walk off the football field and you see what your players did and what they accomplished and what they did to battle to be in that position. I, I just felt. Uh, proud of that fact and as much proud of uh the environment that we're in because i thought our fans were tremendous i mean they were there the whole fourth quarter they were there the whole game but when it counted in that fourth quarter uh they were there the 12th man was a difference to bring our team uh back and and get us in that football game to where we had a chance to win it at the end and so it was it was a it was a program uh effort because i i had the fan into the program because that and the players those two together really worked uh, to play the way that we played. You look at how that game went, and going in, you knew on defense you were going to be shorthanded. You knew on defense up front playing the Jackrabbits, you can't really afford to be shorthanded. What did you have to do in that game, and how did that find the success that it did at times to be able to allow those guys up front that you were rotating in to make plays? Well, we, we, it wasn't discussed earlier in the week, but we lost Christian Boyd, which was a big loss, and so we, we had depleted our defensive line. Uh, of size and so we were down to defensive ends and even Cannon Butler didn't even practice that week uh, coming off the Southern Illinois game so we had Devin Rice and and Cordarius were really the only two what you'd call starters that we had on the defensive line so um, that particular week what we did was find a way we had to get a four-man front because they're a strong running football team and they're going to play two tight ends all day long so being a two tight end offense uh, we had to find a way to get to four-man front, and that's why we used our three-man front and rolled uh, our 
our safety down into the box to make him a defensive end and actually kicked our defensive end into a defensive tackle. So perceptually it looked like we were in a 3-3, but uh, reality was we were in a four-man front. And uh, I thought our players adjusted well. I thought internally uh, they played as, you know, when you're playing with 240-pound defensive tackles, uh, you're going to get moved a little bit. But I thought they, they overcame that with effort and, and uh, will, and that's what you know, put us in the game. You go back to the early stages of that game, it was remarkably similar to Southern Illinois. They take their first possession, drive down, get into the red zone, but you guys stopped and held to a field goal. It's one thing to do that against anybody. It's another thing to do that and hold the Jackrabbits out of the end zone. They've been one of the best teams in the country in the red zone. How much confidence did that give you knowing that, okay, we're, we're shorthanded, but our guys are going to be here to fight and we're going to find success in this game? Well, that was a big part of the first drive was we actually started out that drive with the four-man front, so I went out there to find out very early how we're going to hold up with the two, the two freshmen inside. And we were, we were okay. It was just there was a third and short that they moved us a little bit. And we should have got off the field in the third and short. And, uh, but they moved the pile internally. So then I knew through the course of the game that we, the wear and tear would really wear on that. So being in the three-man front when we jumped into that and then stopped them in the red zone, that was big because it gave you the confidence that that was the part of the defense that was going to hold up and be a big part of the day. How much confidence does that have to give the players themselves, too, to know that, all right, we're not just looking at a ranking or a number or a jersey anymore on the other side. We know we're, we're good. We can come out here and we can stop these guys two head to head. Right. And that's, you know, and that's and South Dakota State's good. And, and right. everybody, I think everybody looks at the number one. And it's not even the number that that it, all those numbers come from our league. So it isn't like it's a big deal to us. I think uh, it's it. I'm, I'm cautious saying it's a big deal. Of course, it's a big deal. But. It is South Dakota State. It is uh, Southern Illinois. It is Sac State. I mean, Sac State's number two right now. So it isn't the number that they're ranked. It's like, what do you have to do to beat them? Because really, the higher the number, the more consistent they are through a football game. The better they are in the fourth quarter. The less they're going to be, uh, the less they're going to uh, uh, leave the opening to beat themselves. Uh, the teams that are in the middle will find ways to beat themselves or make a mistake somewhere along the line. The teams that are on top one and two are very deep in depth. They've got uh, good talent. They've got multiple personnel groups, and they're consistent first through fourth quarter. And that's why you've got the same programs in the same areas most of the time in the top 20 is they're consistently good. So in this particular case, you know, I'm watching this. this their, their group is a, a lot of uh, COVID seniors, if you want to call mm -hmm. them that. They had a bunch of older guys, those two tight ends that have been around for a while. Uh, the, uh, their whole football team has always been sound and efficient and they don't make many mistakes. And, but when you get in the red zone, like you said, good teams got to be great teams. And when you get to the fourth quarter, good teams got to be great teams. So as I see it, that's where we had to be good. And that's where we always got to be good to be able to, to win those games and not just be in those games. Another battle was certainly going to be against their defense with the way your offense had played. You had some mm -hmm. confidence, obviously going in on that, that first touchdown Vance McShane, that's a good defense that seemed to have it bottled up on a short yardage situation. He had the vision to bounce out and then I think more than anything, the speed to make that happen. What did you see on that first touchdown? So the same thing that's happened to great defenses. You get when you're when you're pushing the pile and that, that back gets in there and you can't get your hands on him because he isn't down yet, then they bounce and squirt out of there because you you're trying to get in there and swarm that thing. But uh yeah, at that particular case he bounced wide and, and uh the play was stopped, if you want to call it that, the line of scrimmage. But you still got to have the guy on the ground, and when you got that's happened to us. When you got a good defensive front, 
uh, that'll tend to happen. And then when you, but you got to have a great back to have that vision and Vance did and popped it and then had the speed to outrun the rest of them. So our offense has been really good all year. Our offensive has put us in position to win games. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's why I think it's so exciting, you know, of where we're at right now because of what our offense is capable of and what we've just done the last seven games of this season and against who we've done it against on top of it. So, you know, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It just kind of seems dim right now. You look at that offense, and I thought, as I said, that they went up by two scores, by two touchdowns in that second half. But I thought one of the big plays was not only the catch that, that uh, Sergio Morrency made down the middle of the field, but the play before that, you guys tried to hit a deep pass. He just barely misses it. And then you go back again to, no, to another deep shot. What was the thought process like there? Because you don't always see that. You take a deep shot, then you try to go to work. Back-to-back deep shots, and obviously it worked out for you guys to set up another touchdown. Well, it did. And that, uh, you know, you got to trust your quarterback. When you take two in a row, you got to trust your quarterback number one. Then you got to be able to have trust in your receivers that they can get it done. And and uh, you know, again, Theo Day is 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 a difference maker. Theo Day has grown exponentially this season, and he brings a lot of uh, man. He just brings a lot of uh, I don't want more than excitement. He brings a lot of uh, of I don't want to even call it hope. Just, <laughs> just future of what what he's capable of doing. Uh, with the right players and and to add the uh to add the dimension of receivers and some running backs to it i mean that's why that's why he he he's he played very well he played very well out there and and he's taken some hits and throwing some balls and getting back up there and do it again so to throw that ball twice you got to trust in your quarterback and we have trust in theo and he did take hits how much is, does his toughness knowing that he's going to pop back up play into that trust that everybody has of him i think uh coaches fans Coaches, players, fans in that order have gained trust in Theo. Everybody kind of questioned it. Coaches, and you get to know him a little bit better behind the scenes. Players, they got to get to know him. Will he make the play? You know, he, he's 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 not a flamboyant guy. who's going to run out there and be be in the front of the line. That's not him. But man, he is he is uh, he is he is that leader, and he's got great confidence right now. And I think the the fans uh, believe and trust in Theo now as much as. Uh, the players and the, co- the coaches, but it takes time to gain trust. You just don't give somebody trust because they slap on somebody's helmet. But this guy has earned uh, earned all the respect of his teammates, and that's why you go back to him and use him the way you're using him because uh, he can – He can. that's why I just wanted to give him the ball at the end of the game, to be honest with you. The last drive, there's a point in that drive that, okay, do we come after that punt block? We try to block that punt, our last mm-hmm. drive, or – do we make sure that we get the ball for Theo and let Theo win the game? And at that time, I thought putting the ball in Theo's hands was the best thing we could do uh, to put our team in position when the game was let Theo uh, let Theo have his his uh, series of downs to see what he could do with the football. Because and I'd still go back to Theo. Theo Theo's, Theo's going to give you a chance to win every game. I mean, two minutes, I don't think anybody's going to question what that decision, certainly plenty of time left to go down the field. What did you see on that drive that maybe would have been the thing to to potentially spring something for success? Or is that just a case of that's a really good defense on the other side and they came out and made some play? No, we just needed to – we needed to win the first and ten. Mm-hmm. You know, then we got behind uh, the eight ball a little bit and – that's a, that's a tough one because you had you had rhythm you had everything else was at that time because we'd just gone for mm-hmm. it on fourth down and made that one long drive on them and uh, so we had a lot of we had a lot of good momentum 
and we were stopping them on defense and getting good. That I think we started around the 25 yard line, so we had decent field position to, to work the field and put us in field goal range. So, you know, at that at that one minute mark, yeah, you wish things would have went differently at that point, but uh, it didn't. And I'm not going to blame anybody for that. It was just that was a great football team. There's two good teams on that field, and and uh, I hope people realize that that hey, man, that was. That was just a good football game, and, mm-hmm. and more so, it was a loud football game, and I think a fun football game to be in. It was the outcome that only uh, kind of puts the what add a factor to it. You're listening to head coach Mark Farley breaking down the week that was on the Mark Farley and Friends UNI Panther Football Show. Don't forget to like and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Search for Panther Point of View so you don't miss a single episode talking Panther sports, including every episode this year of the Mark Farley and Friends UNI Panther Football Show. Now more from head coach Mark Farley. Let's go back before that, before the game time touchdown. You kind of knew you were minus two in turnovers with a couple of tip balls that certainly are frustrating. You knew you might have to get a takeaway to get that extra possession. And Benny Sapp flies through there on a play that, looking back, was even more incredible than I realized in live action just to catch that ball and be in a position to do that. What did you see on that play, and how good of a play was that for him to pick that off? That was a great play by uh, by uh, Benny. And that was – Benny Benny made an adjustment as the game went on. And, uh, you know, they got into that empty stuff again that had been good to them, and uh, it cost them the extra possession. So uh, what was good to them that helped them get a score uh, gave us an extra possession. And that's that's how you got to progress in a game is you got to keep your head in the game. And you, you, if somebody makes a play in you early, trust me, that thing's going to come back up again later. And you got to learn. you got to compose yourself that you learn from that through a game, not just after the game's over on Sunday. You better figure it out during a game because they're going to come back to it. They're going to keep working those areas if they're, if they're loose, as I call them. And uh, I tell you what, Benny made a tremendous play on that. The whole team made a tremendous adjustment. Uh, the, the energy at that point, you could, see the, you could see the adjustment they made on the field amongst the 11. You could see everything swaying. They're all moving and talking at the same time. Ball snapped. Benny makes a tremendous play and, and, and uh, flew across. I mean, flew. He was airborne for a long time to yeah. make that, that football play. But that's the, that's the kind of energy that was in the dome uh, uh, that, that was being played that day. And you hinted at it. That drive ends up going down there, and you do need a fourth down conversion. Uh, you knew you were going to need a couple of scores. Does it just go back to the trusting Theo to go make a play, knowing that you're down by seven? You need a couple of scores to win eventually, mm-hmm. right? You could have taken points at some point in there with Matthew Cook. What went into that decision to, to run that on fourth down and keep the drive alive, hunting the touchdown? That was that was more trust in Theo because you got to trust your offensive. It's one thing to be gung-ho and go for it. That's not the decision. The decision is is who's 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 going to make that play on the fourth and short because that's a playmaker's play, and uh, it's a playmaker's call and it's a playmaker's play. And we have both those two things in place, and we had a playmaker and a play call, and that's why I decided to go for it because maybe in other years I'd have kicked that field goal, but in this particular year we had a playmaker at the quarterback and we had a play caller uh, to get us in a good call. And you got to trust in those facts, and and uh, it paid off, and and uh, we got the score. And you're a playmaker on the back end too, and Dion McShane, who at times in this season, I think teams have done a lot to try and take him out of things. He's battled some injuries this season after a great start. He had a lot of targets and a good game on Saturday. What did you see from Dion that that you liked, knowing that it's his senior day in the dome and the culmination of what he's done here? 
No, Dion showed up. Dion Dion showed up this season. I mean, he is he is he's focused, and that's always been his. You know, staying focused in the game, staying focused during the season, and uh, he's done that. And on a big stage, he showed up again. He makes big plays at big times. I can go that through his whole career here. He'll make a big catch at a big moment, and uh, that was one of them. You know, he got a fourth and fourth and whatever really to to win the game at a crucial time in the game, and. Uh, they just went out and executed just as they should. It, it kind of seemed like we talked to Dion after the game, and, and we brought that play up, and, and he, he called it a third down, right? Like, he, he was just going about his business. Do you like that in a guy knowing that, okay, we're still out on the field. It doesn't necessarily matter what down it is. I got a job to do and go do it. That's all they need to know. I mean, everybody gets everybody gets worked up that they, you know, know what down and distance it is as you should and know the situation as you should, but we're going to call the play. You need to run the play at the distance and the timing of the things that we always work on and believe in, believe in the guy that, you know, it's you're not looking for the ball. You're anticipating the ball is coming to you. It may or may not in the, in the design of the play because the defense has a vote. That's what you don't understand. The defense gets a vote in all this stuff. What coverage are they in? Which way are they rotating? What are they going to play on that down? Those are the unknowns as you t- take the ball at the line of scrimmage. And when you say you got about three, three to eight seconds before you snap that ball, to make that decision what you're going to do with it. So just go through the process, go through the play, third down, first down, and uh, and execute. But, no, that's what I like about our football team right now. That's how they that's how they play. That's how we've played for the last seven weeks. And then it comes down, obviously, to a kick, and you guys hold up and, and don't allow them to score a touchdown, obviously, which would have made everything moot there on their final possession. But, you know, it comes down to that kick the leaping penalty in, in the moment, I was, you know, a little bit outside my body on that with, with the flag coming down, but then looking at it after the fact and things like that, it, it, I mean, it seems like that does come down to the rule. If you're jumping and you end up over the line of scrimmage, they're going to throw a flag. Is that what it comes down to on a leaping penalty? Cause I, I know that's something that, that sticks out to a lot of people and is a, a little bit of a head scratcher when it comes to how they actually saw what happened on the play. Yeah. That, that one, that one, that one's tough. So I'll just leave that one at that. That one, that one's just tough, but it was, it was, it wasn't that long a field goal, and it was a tough angle. Yeah. And in that situation, guys tend to drive it just because of the critical, and you know that that was that's the one I'll just leave it. I, that that one that one's hard to take, but it is what it is. Is what it is. A tough way for, like you said, a, a tremendous football game to end, just with any sort of hint of something like that at the end of it. Have you talked to the team now? Obviously, going into a bye week, things are different. The schedule's different. What What is your message now to the team following that one, seeing what they did with that pride in what they did, but knowing now after this bye week, they got another regular season game to go take care of? I haven't talked to the team as of today. Right. I mean, I've, I've texted and messaged a couple, but. No, this is – I'm going to give them a few days off. This this one, being you're going in an open date, being we had the game we had, being it, it played out the way it played out, man, they need to – they need to – they need to take the time to uh, uh, deal with it, okay, and and then and then move forward. And with, with an open date, we got time to uh, do this. We can talk about it and kick it around. <laughs> Hard part is it gets kicked around for an over amount of time now. We could have put it away already. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's uh, it's something that uh, we need. We, the players need time to deal with it too, just like coaches do. So we just need to uh, look at it.
and not even analyze it, look at it, get a good understanding of uh, how to build from it. And because there's a lot of positives that you can build off of this because of what, just what happened in the last two weeks, two games that came down to the last play of the game against number 20 and against number one. You've already played Sac State. They're number two. I mean, I mean, you know, you know exactly where you stand as far as talent, program, uh, everything, facilities. You know exactly where you stand in FCS football. Uh, and how could you get a better look at it? So now you got to take a hard look at it and say, where are you at? One for this season, and then we'll come back on Wednesday. I'm going to give them two days off. Now we'll come back on Wednesday. Uh, we'll practice Wednesday, Thursday. Decide what we're going to do on Friday. But uh, we've been doing this since August 3rd with no break, so these guys need uh, to get refueled here a little bit, and then uh, uh, and then we'll come back Wednesday, Thursday, and then uh, start with a clean week next week and get ready for South Dakota because this season is far from over. Uh, we've got an outside shot here, but at the same time. Big picture, when I'm sitting here on Monday morning after that football game with a week off, all I thought about this weekend is what do we what do we need? What, what do we never want to have happen again? What do we need to do? So uh, we are we're the number one team in the country uh, with the home field advantage in the playoffs and not sitting here uh, in this situation uh, trying to let others make decisions for us. I mean, what, what do we need to do? I, last time I did this was 2004. Uh, when we got beat by Western Kentucky in here, and they went on to win the national championship. I remember going through two days of thought of what what do we need to do to, this, to put ourselves in, in a totally different position because it's close, but you, you got to do a lot of things different if you're going to be on top. There's a big difference. So that that's where the thought process goes for me in the next few days on an off week is what do we need to do here now to swing to the top and and there's there's a lot of people involved to make that happen and that's what we need to make sure to get everybody on board to do those things and my final question for this week it was senior day you honor those seniors in that final home game this is a class that up down good bad and different they went through a lot of things that a lot of players that have come through here didn't have to over the last four years with the, the ups and downs and swings of society and everything that's happened when you think about this group, and maybe you don't so much until you get all the way to the finish line whenever that is of the season, but this senior class, what does it meant? What have these guys meant to the program and what they've brought here every day despite any adversity that they've all had to face? Well, I think of, you know, Deion McShane has been here start to finish. I remember sitting in his high school, okay, and Deion's going to graduate. <laughs> That for Dion, he's always going to be a good football player. For, but for Dion to graduate, that's a big deal, okay? Because he's he's faced just as many up and down in 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 that, you know, as much as he has on on the football field. So, you know, to his credit, he's going to graduate because of support of Stacia, okay? What what her and her and his professors um, through his time here. You got Corby and uh, Flader and Cuvalier. I mean, I mean three stalemates of what you and I football is three Iowa guys that just play hard one came out of a juco one seven year here one's here from Grundy Center I mean are, are you kidding me these guys are the the lifeblood of what you and I football has been for 100 years um, you know you go down the list of you got Dom and Quan, you know guys that had transferred in here and you know it's like man they, they became a part of you and I because they're you know, they, they believed in what they were doing and they actually 
are leaving here to UNI Panthers, okay? And then yet you got on the offensive line, you got Ellis and Piney and Vanderslice. I'm telling you what, Justin Piney will not say a word, but when he says something, you better listen because this place means something to him. He is just a hard-nosed farmer that is going to go back and, and farm when he's done back in Kansas. But, man, this guy doesn't need internet. He doesn't need anything except good people around him. And, and uh, he just he just wants wholesome, solid truth. And, you know, then you got Ellis, who's all about wholesome, solid truth, but a lot more flamboyant, a lot more energetic, and a lot more personality to it. So you mix all it and find those dead guys together. It was a great group. They're, they're a fun group to be around. They're a fun group to go to practice with. And it took a special group like that to dig out of the hole because Air Force threw us for a loop. And then the scheduling kind of got us early. But, man, for this team to buck up the way it did and build itself into what all the way to this this game that we just played in the Dome, I mean, you saw it. and You didn't know much about you and I football. You know, if you saw the beginning. You're saying, okay, what's this? <laughs> and then you saw last night or Friday, Saturday night or whatever it was. Now you're going, okay, now I get it, I'm sure. So, uh and that's because of those seniors. So that's what I'd say about them. All right, Coach. Well, find some time. Recharge yourself, too, this week. And uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks ahead of South Dakota. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Don't forget, Panther fans, download the Varsity Network app or click subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast to not miss a thing from the Panther Point of View Podcast Network. All the content we'll bring you across all of our sports will live on the Panther Point of View Podcast Network, and you can find that through the Varsity Network app or any of your favorite podcast formats. You can hear every Panther football game on the Panther Sports Network, including the Varsity Network app, but to find the local radio station near you, check panthersports.com. Special shout-out to our Panther Sports Network flagship 1540 KXEL coming right here out of the Cedar Valley to bring you Panther football. Stay tuned all season for some excellent conversations with Panther coaches, players, and former Panther greats. And, of course, every week the head coach will join us to break down the latest in 2022 UNI Panther football. To catch any episodes you missed, subscribe to the Panther Point of View podcast on your favorite podcast app, Download the Varsity Network app to hear live game broadcasts and any of these Panther Point of View podcasts. I'm J.W. Cox. Thanks so much for listening. This is Panther Football from Learfield.